0: Hey everyone, Becky from the Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick listens to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Seven reasons you can't get your splits and exactly how to fix them. Are you struggling to get your splits down no matter how much you stretch? We can help you solve this problem in this mini podcast episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. My name is Dave Tilley. And today, if you are someone who is trying to work on your splits, or you work in gymnastics or ballet or cheerleading, or dance and you are struggling to get your splits, we are going to have a deep dive into what you can do about it and how to help out right splits and kind of like jumps and leaps and dance choreography, everything else for those kind of aesthetic sports. Uh, If you are a medical provider who has followed this as well, make sure you check this out because a lot of the stuff is going to be what you need to help them with when they get back maybe after a hip injury or a back injury or something of that nature. Number One, by far, the biggest thing that you're gonna do, maybe wrong from the beginning, is not get a specific screen to figure out what is going on. And it may look like a very simple kind of motion to do a split or something of that nature, but there's actually a lot of things that have to go well for you to do a proper split. So as we'll talk about, has to be really good soft tissue flexibility, right? So the hamstrings on the front leg, the the quad and the hip flexor we'll talk about in the back leg, but also you need to have really good core control. You can't be in too much of an arch or too much of a, a different position that might influence influence your flexibility of your legs, you also need to have really good strength to support that position. And you have to have an underlying bone setup that allows you to do these things properly and not stress certain parts of your hip joint get a good screen if you had no good medical provider who can look at the way your hips move, look at different soft tissues we will allude to some of those today that at screens that I really like to do that's going to be way more important. Trust me as someone who's worked with hundreds and hundreds of elite gymnasts and ballet dancers and cheerleaders and circus la or circus performers, I can tell you most of them have not had a full in depth screen and they've unfortunately wasted a lot of time, effort, energy and money. Do yourself a favor, hook up with a good provider or do some of these screens on yourself and really think critically about what's going on before you invest a lot of time into stretching or in doing some exercises. So with that in mind, the screens that I think are really important, we're going to talk about a few of these down below. But one of them is called a Thomas test, which is just for your hip flexors. One of them is a leg raise test, which looks at our uh, hamstring length, and then another test, which is really important is called a Faber test, right, which stands for flexion, abduction, external rotation. If you're not a nerdy person like me or a geek, ignore all that we'll share more below. But looking at a Thomas test, a leg raise test and a Faber tells you essentially what is the flexibility of different muscle groups. So the hip flexors, the quads, the inner thigh or the groin, the hamstrings. It kind of gives you some information about what to look for, get a good screen and make sure you know what's going on. But also do your splits on a line against a wall and measure how low they are to consistently have progress to measure against right if you're doing a bunch of exercises at home, and you're trying to get your splits lower, but you're not budging at all, you might want to scratch your head and try some different exercises, right versus if it's working, keep doing it screening by far super important as the starting point for most people beyond that, though, we're gonna look at some soft tissue stuff. Soft tissue flexibility is obviously very, very important, right in order to have a full split or do the things in the sports that it requires, you have to have really good mobility or flexibility of different muscle groups to make sure it happens, right? We're specifically going to talk about front and back splits. But also we'll talk about straddle splits as well on the front leg of a split, you definitely need your hamstring uh, flexibility to be pretty good. And it's important to remember that there's a couple things that influence hamstring flexibility. One is how arched or extended your back is if you're more extended, it puts more pressure on your hamstrings. So seeing if that changes when you change your pelvic position, but two is also going to be there's a massive nerve down the back your leg called your sciatic nerve that sometimes is a little bit irritable or sensitive in people. And that's the limiting factor behind why they can't do it. And I made another video we'll link up here about how to kind of differentiate between you know hamstring flexibility or nerve uh, tenderness and what you can do to help with those kind of things. But you got to make sure that in the front leg of a split or a leap or a jump that the proper thing is being worked on. Is it a flexibility issue of the hamstring? Is it a core control issue? Is it a nerve sensitivity thing? There's different ways to work on that specifically, instead of just blindly doing pike stretches or blindly doing more splits, you might want to figure out what the bottleneck is in that front leg. Okay, in the back leg, the things that need to go well are going to be your hip flexors, your quads and your anterior adductors. So the, the groin muscles in the front very much work as his hip flexors alongside uh, just doing their normal thing of squeezing your legs together. So just to recap, the hamstring may be in the front leg, the nerve, right or core, whereas in the back leg, we're going to be worried about the hip flexors, quad or the inner thigh and some of the groin muscles, right? So we're going to think about soft tissue work for those if you get a proper screen and you say, Okay, we did a thomas test and it showed us that the quad is not uh, too flexible right or maybe we do this Faber test and it shows that the uh, groin muscle is maybe a little bit stiff that's going to be what we want to work on okay so for a thomas test you lay down to the edge of a table you hug both your knees kind of round your back in to make sure your core is nice and tight and you let one leg drop down if the knee is not bent to 90 degrees that tells us the quad is maybe stiff. If the leg is lifted up off off the table, uh, not parallel to the ground, that's a hip flexure stiffness issue. And sometimes if the leg is drifted out to the side, it can be a TFL flexibility issue leg raise, you would lay on your back, you would bring that leg all the way up like I talked about in that other video and look at how far the leg can go with the leg uh, straight and see if the hamstrings maybe are limited. Again, a favor test is when you lay on your back and you put that leg up on your knee and let your leg drop down in a figure four position to see how far the knee can go down to the table. Okay, if it's usually we say about six inches or a fist with a thumb up away, you might have an issue with some of the flexibility of the groin muscles in the front. And again, make sure you get screened by a medical provider because sometimes these things are a little bit wishy washy. It's not always cut and dry. But those tests indicate these soft tissues. And then based on that, what can you do? Well very important is that you can do some specific soft tissue work for those areas, right? 30 to 60 seconds of foam rolling of the quad and of the inner thigh, maybe of the hamstrings. Um, doesn't have to be crazy long to work. I think 30 to 60 seconds we know works pretty well when it's consistently done every day. Again, it's a temporary change in the resting of relaxation of those muscle groups, or maybe there's more blood flow or more a hydration of the water content in the muscle. That's what we think about from the research we know. Also, again, not of a if you're not a geeky person like me, ignore it. But neuro modulating tone is what we think is happening over time when we foam roll, it just desensitizes the muscle and makes it relaxed. So we can then move on a specific stretching or strength and conditioning and actually do things to make those things stick over time. If you kind of screen those things out and find out what's going on, you say, Oh, the front leg definitely my hamstrings are stiff back leg maybe my quad is a little bit tight foam roll those areas for 30 to 60 seconds uh, every day and we're going to continue that with some stretching but that's the first thing we want to do. Then we want to think about what can we do to specifically stretch the muscles and not the actual hip joint and this is something that I again I work with a lot of elite gymnasts a lot of ballet dancers something I'm constantly educating them on is how to make sure they are stretching the soft tissue and they are not putting extra pressure on the ligaments or the joint capsules or some deeper structures in the hip called the labrum some stretches look really impressive but they're not specific to the things that we screened about to make sure that they're an issue again on the front leg and a a front split, right? What could be uh, the issue here? Well, we talked about we could have the hamstring and stuff, we could have some of the different uh, core influences. If it's the hamstring for soft tissue work, though, what I really like is a leg lower, right? So I'll just put LL A leg lower is when you lay on your back, you use a strap or you hold your leg on the top side to be straight and you slowly let your leg drop down, hold it for a couple seconds and then come all the way back up. The reason we like this is one, it allows for proper core positioning and proper leg positioning, but also it allows for a nice smooth gravity assisted stretch with control. It's not just swinging your leg up as hard as you can do, which is common in a lot of these sports. It's a very controlled motion and over time as you do them helps to like I said, desensitize that muscle and make it relax a little bit. We like leg lowers on the front for things in the back for the quad or the hip flexor. We like what we call a true quad or hip flexor stretch, right? So a true quad or hip flexor stretch means that we are not overextending the back when we do a kneeling lunge, we're not allowing ourselves to turn our hips out. But we are instead tucking our hips under really squeezing the glute on the back side, And we're really focusing on keeping our core nice and set while we move, right. And that allows the hip flexor and the quad to stretch the best. And the reason that this is so important is because when you look at the anatomy, the hip flexor, the iliopsoas starts from the spine goes down across the hip joint and crosses in front, right. And also the quad muscle starts below, but attaches to the pelvis. So if you were in a very extended position, what's going to happen is you're actually slacking the hip flexors, and you're probably not getting the most stretch out of it that you can benefit from you might put a little bit too much pressure on your lower back or on your hip flexors. So I like to teach people tuck those hips under squeeze the hip really, really nice and tight, lean forward and hold that stretch, take a couple breaths rocking in and out of that. So we really like that for the true hip flexor and the true quad stretch quad being obviously, if you want to bend your back knee up, you're going to get more pressure on the quad, If you leave your leg down and you lean forward more ple- pressure on the hip flexor, you'll know that from the Thomas test and from the favorite test of screening. Okay, the one I really like for the inside of the eye is going to be a half kneeling adductor rock. So kneeling position leg is out at 45 degrees, squeezing the core tucked under squeezing the glute rocking to the side, right and letting yourself extend out sideways is going to put more stretch on the adductors or the groin muscles in the front of your hip. Okay, so we really like that those are called half kneeling dips right? And again, we'll link up some videos for everyone to follow along. We have plenty of these on our YouTube channel if you want to look at the exercises, but you can hopefully see now how it's a little more critical thinking behind what we're doing. Screen these things out, do some targeted soft tissue work, do some targeted specific stretching work. And then lastly, we know from some good research studies that eccentric actually do hopefully over time make some elongation of the muscles, stretching, soft tissue work, stuff like that. I'm a manual therapist, I do a lot of cupping and hands on work, I do some other stuff, dry needling, you know, all sorts of things. They're not permanently making changes in the length of a muscle, we think that they are relaxing that muscle. And especially with stretching and soft tissue work over time, you might just be getting that muscle to be more comfortable with the discomfort of a stretch, and it relaxes over time and gets used to it, right. And so nerd alert, right? If you don't want to hear this, no worries. But what we think is happening, and we know this from other literature studies is we are desensitizing what are called nociceptors, right? Those are little fibers and muscles that transmit danger signals. When you stretch really aggressively, it triggers those things to be like, Whoa, this is pretty intense. Don't pull too much on my hip, right? And so those uh, over time can get desensitized sensitized as you consistently stretch or consistently do eccentrics uh, over time, we think that it helps to kind of relax those uh, different nerve fibers that are maybe kind of throwing up the alarm system for concern. On the eccentric side, there's some good research studies that do actually support loaded eccentrics, say barbell deadlifts or RDLs when done with proper set and rep ranges actually may induce some stretching length changes of the muscle itself. That's kind of what we want to go for, right? We want to use an elongated contraction, which is what an eccentric contraction is to, to help develop full range of motion strength, but also actually get muscles to change in length over time research studies that we have available. We've looked at look at a five second lower with a five second pause for five repetitions. A few sets of those did induce genesis for some of those muscles and get some length. What we want to try to think about is applying the theory of those things to what we're doing here in splits. So the one that I really like if it's a front leg, uh, again, issue the hamstrings are excessively stiff, I really like doing the RDL. So a split leg RDL. So putting two weights in your hands kickstand five second lower five second pause at the bottom and then coming up with two legs. So just going down on the eccentric slowly helping to load the hamstring and hopefully get some a nice length there. If we're having a problem with the back leg, so maybe we're thinking about the hip flexor, the quad, the groin, I really like doing split squats, right? Specifically, though, rear foot elevated, right? So RFE split squats, right? So what we do is we put our back leg up on a, on a, a bench or on a box, two dumbbells in our hands, slowly lower that eccentric component all the way down for five seconds, hold the bottom for five seconds, and then we kind of put our foot down on the ground. Stand back up all the way, right? Just using the lowering of that kind of position that we're trying to work on should feel a really good stretch in the quad and the hip flexor on that back leg. Split squats are really great, RDLs are really great as well. And then one thing we really like to do is using sliders, putting your hands between two boxes if you're trying to get a split, putting your front leg on a slider, really squaring those hips up. And again, five second lower, five second hold at the bottom pop back up. Taking a step back and think about well, what do I actually do in a circuit when I warm up? Well, you could combine these things after you get your screen, whatever you find in the soft tissue stuff, 30 to 60 seconds there. Whatever you find in the soft tissue stuff, 30 to 60 seconds of specific stretching with proper technique, and then doing five repetitions of a five second lower, five second hold with some of these exercises that kind of fit your profile of what you need. Doing that every single day and then testing and retesting to see if you're making progress will probably get you really good uh, results just by that nature versus just statically stretching for 20 minutes, which then has support in the research consistent stretching. Uh, the Thomas et al review uh, did show that static stretching increased range of motion over time. But this has a little bit more mixed literature support behind it and probably can get you faster results than just kind of blindly stretching over and over and over those things really, really important down here. The one I think a lot of people miss as well is going to be specific glute strengthening, right? So making sure that you are doing some specific exercises to try to actually increase the strength of your back and your hip and the external rotators is going to be very, very important, right? So the reason it's so important is because it's very easy for certain muscles, like the quads, the inner thighs to get overly worked and stiff, and then not have balance from the back. And so those those legs are not as mobile in the other directions, especially for doing straddle splits as well, right. So when you do these kind of things on glute strength, the things that I really like to do that have really good support and research to show high activity of these muscle groups, Brett Contreras has done a lot of great this research there's a lot of great research in the PT or strength and conditioning world for this side plank clamshells are very, very helpful with a band around your legs, Uh, side plank leg lifts or a long plank leg lift are very, are very good as well for the activity of the muscles in the back called your glute med, your glute minimus and then your deep external rotators as well. And then lastly, the hip lift, a single leg hip lift is very, very good to get strong activity of the glute max, which is also again, a way to balance all these things together. If you're thinking about trying to get a full split or a full jump or for a leap, it's not just about the flexibility, it's about the strength of your core and your glute muscles to work together to lift your legs into a positive angle that you want, not just relying on gravity or swinging your legs very hard. Again, with these kind of set and rest repetitions, we kind of like to do three to four sets of eight to 12 reps of a few exercises, again, only because that's a good hypertrophy rep range uh, that will help actually grow these muscles over time. So we try to think about that. And then from here, once we kind of have our foundation of what we're doing every day, we also want to add in some active flexibility drills. I think that is something a lot of people think about, but they jump to that step way ahead of thinking critically about these first four steps. And they really spend a lot of uh, unfortunately, time wasted on not making good progress here before doing that. So if you're someone who is a little bit on the mobility side stiffer, do this first and then maybe add in some active flexibility drills. Or if you're someone who is maybe not really stiff at all, you're just hyper mobile, you're very naturally mobile, and naturally flexible, but you still can't seem to have a good split or have a good leap or whatever else it is for your your sport. Maybe you just focus more on the strength and the active flexibility side of things and you're not doing as much on the passive stretching side of things. So over here on the side, there's tons of great active flexibility drills that we have on our, our our YouTube channel for you guys to check out. But I really like band assisted kicks. I really like doing some split squat jumps. I really like doing some, uh, lift and pauses and holds, some things on your stomach to do some, like, on, sorry, on your back to put your foot up, lift your leg up and kick, called a leg driver. Super helpful as well. But just trying to focus on actively moving through that full range of motion, slow and holding against gravity, and then working your way up to doing some more dynamic jumps and leaps and things of that nature. After you would maybe go through your set of all this warm up, maybe then you go to 10 repetitions of kicks and jumps or some standing hip circles or some different things. Another really great one for the back leg for people that have problems is a curled up hip lift. So you're on the edge of a block, one leg is curled up knees to your chest, the other is hanging, and you lift your leg behind you kind of in a curled up uh, position of a ball. And it focuses on again, that glute, which hopefully is getting stronger with some of those exercises um, to try to take these glute exercises and put them into actively lifting through full range of motion. So try to figure out a couple of those exercises you like you have the equipment to do and add 10 repetitions of those as well in your warm up. Okay, lastly, over here, number six, number seven, get their own bucket because they're so important, but without proper technique and without patience to do something every single day, none of these are are going to stick. So if you find a routine you like you have some good stretching, you like some good eccentrics, you have your good glute exercises and your active flexibility, it won't matter unless you consistently do them five to six days per week, and then actively use that new range of motion in your skills and in your technique, right? If you get a little bit ahead of yourself in terms of the things that look really fun to do like drills, and you're just doing some technique work, or you're just doing some big skill work, but not the base found behind it, that's going to be a problem, have a lot of technique in mind have a lot of really good basics in mind. And then also make sure it's patience, right? These things do take three to four weeks sometimes to make significant changes over time. Again, use that screen over time and use the medical provider or a strength coach or someone who's really good with this kind of stuff. Check out why you are making progress or why you are not making progress. Hopefully that gives you guys a lot of a little wrap up here. I think it'll be really valuable for people. Hope you guys enjoy this and have a wonderful day. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Let us know if it was helpful and if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to learn about next.